As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Head of the Pack podcast. I'm Matt Schneiman here with Bill Huber. It's been a while since we've come to you late night, a little groggy, a little delirious after a Packer game, but here we are. 49ers 28, Packers 21, who cares about the score? It's preseason. Um, but there were some interesting takeaways from that game, no doubt. Uh, I know, Bill, you have some, I don't know if strong is the right word, but pointed thoughts about Jordan Love. Uh, we'll start there. I thought he was okay. Um, it's a coach's job to not trash his young quarterback who he's wants to boost up. Yep. So there is probably some of that in what Matt LaFleur uh, did after the game, which was pretty much absolve Jordan Love of any blame for any of those three interceptions. Cause he said the first two were dropped and the third two guys ran the wrong route. Didn't say who. So he was forced to throw it to Amari Rogers. Still didn't make a great throw. Look, I thought there were some nice scrambles. There's some good zip on the ball, a couple nice throws, but we saw more from my eyes, from my untrained eye, of what we've seen throughout camp and throughout Jordan Love's career here. Some moments of proficiency and competence, but too many things where you go, man, an NFL starting quarterback shouldn't be doing that. And listen, he's not a starting quarterback yet. The Packers don't have to make him one. But it's year three. He's got to start showing signs that he can be. And we saw some of those tonight, but in my eye, and probably LaFleur's eye too, there were a couple too many where he said, Ugh, I don't know about that. So here's what LaFleur said after the game. I think two of those, he's talking about the drops. You can totally take off him. The third one, we had two busted routes because the ball really shouldn't have gone there on that play. But he had nowhere else to go with the football. And he forced it in there and the defender made a good play. All right, let's go over those, Matt. The first one, the Tyler Davis, that's a drop. It's most of the world's Correct. best throw. I mean, if the ball hits him between the eight and the four, it's probably not drop, but hey, he's a professional tight end. Catch the damn football. The second one, I understand that coaches, if the ball touches your hands, it's a drop. Fine. If you're going to judge it that way, fine. But Jesus, Matt, it's a five-yard out. It should have been the world's easiest first down. Throw the damn ball. It's a catch. He gets out of bounds for a gain of six. It's a first down. Instead, it's high and behind him. Yeah, he dropped it, I guess, by the coach's definition, but... That's, the, that's a bad throw. 
Lafleur can't take the like that's 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 Love's fault. That's not Romeo Dubs' fault. And the third one, Armari Rogers met is five foot nine. How much of him do you think Jordan Love saw on that pass? Like a hand, a top of a helmet. He wasn't open. I don't care if twenty eight guys did the wrong thing, which had been a penalty. I don't care how many guys did the wrong thing. He is not open. Don't throw him the football. Throw the ball away and punt. This is a guy who led the NCAA in interceptions in 2019. This is a guy who threw had as many turnovers last year as Rodgers in 12% of the playing time. He's the guy who turns over the football. Period. Right? I agree. Listen, I wrote this in my story tonight. First one, totally not his fault. Tyler Davis has to catch that. Second one, I said, Romeo Dobbs should probably have stronger hands. And it was a great play by the DB. But there was plenty of space on that sideline. Yes. And how many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers? Listen, I'm not comparing Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not expecting him to be anywhere near Aaron Rodgers. But he's an NFL quarterback. There was plenty of space on that sideline that he could have fit that ball. And instead, he made Romeo Dobbs turn around and go up for a 50-50 ball with, with Womack. And Womack made a great play, and maybe Dobbs should have held on to it. But that could have easily been avoided if Jordan Love had made a better throw. And um, the third one, yeah, I, I don't really get LaFleur saying he, he was forced to throw it there. You don't have to throw the ball right. on a play. And yeah, it's preseason, so it doesn't really matter. You're coaching your guys to take chances instead of be conservative. But at the same time... And I know John Kuhn said on the broadcast that Amari Rogers should have gone under the DB, under Womack, instead of behind him. But regardless of whose fault it is, regardless of if two other guys ran the wrong route and and those were his first two reads, and you know read three was Amari Rogers, and that was what he first set his eyes on. You said it, and I agree. Just because, like you want to throw a pass on a certain play, doesn't mean you have to. How many times do we think Aaron Rodgers has wanted to throw a pass to his first or second read and it's not open? Or his third read and it's not open? You don't have to. And it's not even like Amari Rodgers was open and Jordan Love just threw it behind him. Amari Rodgers was never open on that play. No, not at all. He was never open on that play. And, And listen, it was a bad throw. He threw it right to him, never gave Amari Rodgers a chance. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, these throws that are just a little dumbfounding. You're, you're dumbfounded by watching Jordan Love make these plays in year three. And listen, I know Aaron Rodgers wasn't perfect in year three. No quarterback. Listen, we'll probably see Aaron Rodgers make a throw like that this season. Maybe not. Most NFL quarterbacks do. But if you're looking for signs of growth from Jordan Love, yeah, there were a couple plays, a couple throws to Danny Davis where he stood tall in the pocket didn't, you know, scramble or get, you know, shaky, which we've seen in the past. We've seen him throw dead ducks in practice the past couple of years. He's got a nice tight spiral. He scrambled better. LaFleur was happy with how he got in and out of the huddle. Maybe things that we don't notice just watching the game on TV or in practice. But in terms of post-snap decision-making, there's still a little bit left to be desired. And he's got two weeks. I wrote this to put together more consistent performances because right now the body of work that Brian Gutekunst has to go off of when deciding whether or not to exercise his fifth-year option next May is not that convincing of a body of work. You're right. 
you can't win football games playing like this. You can't make win football games doing the right thing 80%. I, I have no idea. I'm going to make up a number. He's doing the right thing 80% of the time. You lose the turnovers. And he's, he's just he just turns the ball over. And you're right. Everything you said before right is right, Matt. He doesn't scramble very much. And that shows a guy who knows what he's doing. He's comfortable. So that's credit to him. He's throwing a better spiral, like you said. Um, under pressure on the practice field, he's been really good. Um, he was under pressure on the touchdown of the Dobbs, too. They, they blocked it up and he threw a great... That he, everything was good there. But you can't throw three interceptions. And two of them are, are your fault. I don't care what the coach says. So, yeah, the, the, everything you said is right, Matt, where they got a humongous decision coming up. And if, if this is... If this is it, and obviously the Saints week coming up, he's he's got to string it together. He's got to string together day after day after day of of putting the ball where it needs to go. Man, he he threw two checkdowns where it was Tyler Goodson and Patrick and Patrick. Taylor. They had like twist themselves into a pretzel. Is I mean yeah. you, you can't and Matt, and Matt and Matt Lafleur called those drops. No. <laughs> Those are the I mean the, those, it, said, those are the easiest yards in a football field. There's there's no yards easier than throwing it to your running back and letting him gain five yards. And those are bad passes too. So yeah, it, it, I, it's a step backward, right? I mean, for all the good things that we've seen in the practice field, and there's been a bunch of them. I don't see how you can spin this like Lafleur is trying to as, as a positive. I just I just don't see it. Right, I agree. All right, Romeo Dobbs. One really bad drop. Um, he was wide open on the sideline on what was a nice play by Love, mm-hmm. kind of running running left, s- skirting away from pressure, contorting his body, t- turning turning himself uh, square to the field so he could find Dobbs, and Dobbs just dropped it. That was bad. But the, the encouraging thing is the very next play, I believe it was, makes a really nice catch in traffic. Bobbles it first, hangs on for a nine-yard gain to set up, I believe it was a third and one. Um, I might be mistaken, but something like that. And then, obviously, uh, burns a veteran cornerback up the right sideline for his touchdown, draws an illegal contact penalty, seven targets, three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. I think what we saw tonight, and, and we've seen a couple of the drops in practice, too. He had one against Jair Alexander in one-on-ones the other day. He had one in team drills on the ball that was picked off by Sean Davis over the middle. It was a little high from Aaron Rodgers, but should have caught it. Um, so there are some hands issues, but we saw the flashes tonight that let us know that Romeo Dobbs, at least for one game, is more than just a practice sensation. Um, I know Twitter's going to hype it up. I'm going to hype it up because I love overreacting in the preseason. But it, it was encouraging, I thought, when all is said and done, that he was able to take some of his his practice field exploits and translate it to a game. Yeah, the, the drops worry me though. I, I mean, he's I have not been keeping a, a drop comp, but he has to be number one in the team in drops in preseason or in, I in would training camp. So, yeah. Now he's gotten the ball more than everybody else too, but he's dropped more than he should. Um, obviously he had the one tonight. I wonder on that deep ball that there was the illegal contact beforehand. I mean. Should there have been a play there to be made? I don't know. I mean, Kuhn thought, kind yeah, of thought so. I mean, the Who ball knows? Was, it's so hard to see where that DP's hands were. The ball was underthrown. They, yeah. they called the illegal contact for near the line of scrimmage. The DB was wrestling with him throughout the route. 
the ball was underthrown. He had to come back on it to make a play on a contested catch. So I'll absolve him of that one. Um, but the other, I mean, still, the, the one for the interception, I guess you can call that a drop like we already discussed. The one bad drop was the one on the sideline when nobody was in the same zip code as him, which is obviously, uh, I wouldn't say it's a big concern, obviously, but something to watch since it's now become a trend. Yeah, I, I, he just he's going to need to play, Matt. Um, ABC's yeah. going to need to play because they have no one else, really. But, I mean, the talent is there. He makes a lot of physical mistakes right now. I think I would imagine the game is going a mile a minute for him right now. I think he just needs to get out there and play and let him settle in. And maybe by week four, week six, week eight, he's really settling and he can kind of score some of these physical mistakes away. So there's no reason why he shouldn't catch the ball better than he has been. So I just chalked it up to him being a rookie, and there's a, there's a lot there's a lot going on, right? His head's got to be swimming. Right, and, and Aaron Rodgers brought up the other day, it's the mental mistakes with these guys. It's not the the effort like he got on the guys a couple of years ago about, I believe it was in 18 before I got here, but um, the mental mistakes. He brought up, I believe it was a couple practices ago when Jair came off uh, the edge on a blitz and kind of distracted Dobbs. So Dobbs went to block uh, Jair instead of Devondre Campbell coming off the edge and Devondre Campbell just stuffed a toss to Aaron Jones. And then that's when Dobbs and, and Rogers sat down at the lunch table, kind of went over that play. Um, so it's the mental stuff with him. There's a little bit of physical, I would say the good outweighs the bad right mm -hmm. now, but for a guy that, like I said tonight, yeah, I wrote this in my story. He looks like he's going to play a significant role right away for this team. Um, even if they are relying on Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins. So he's going to need to get it together, or else we might have a, a little bit of a MVS rookie version on our hands. Yeah. I, I don't know how you put Watkins out there ahead of him at this point. And, and I'm sure they're right. probably going to, but where's the upside at? Not just right now, but where's the upside in October and November and December? I mean, 87 all day long, isn't it? Yep. Here's what I mean. Matt, what have you seen out of Watkins? Nothing. Right. Nothing. But he, they, they didn't suit him up today. So they assume, I assume that's, uh, that he's on the teams and he's going to be one of their guys, like LaFleur mentioned. That was at OTAs when he said he's going to be a big part of the offense. So I guess that's the, the case, but I just haven't seen it. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think they sit him when he's healthy tonight. Right. If he's on the roster bubble. Yep. So I would, uh, imagine he's safe on the team, which I imagined all along since Rodgers and LaFleur said what they said about him in the offseason. Uh, another guy who is a lock to make the team despite past performance, Amari Rodgers. And that would be the case because Brian Gutekunst is not going to sacrifice his ego and cut a uh, third-round pick that he traded up for a year ago. But as I wrote tonight... Mari Rogers stated a, a pretty convincing first case to uh, make the roster for not just his draft position alone. I mean, he touched the ball four times, and two of them were two of the most electrifying plays of the night. He had 11 kick returns last year. His longest went for 27 yards. Ripped off a 50-yarder on his second kick return of the postseason. Bill, when is the last time we saw a Packers kick returner get around the edge like he did tonight and make <laughs> someone miss? Never! For a Ever. long time, I meant to look that up, and I forgot to to see when's the last time the Packers had a 50-yard kickoff return. Maybe I'll do that here 
in the middle of those podcasts. It's been a long time. He, I mean, he was pretty yeah. good last year on punt returns. Once he started catching the ball, I'm talking like down the stretch, he was pretty good. But the kickoff return game has been awful for years. So, And that was all him. I mean, that was not well blocked. I mean, he had to beat a guy to 20 to get off to the races. So good play there. That touchdown catch, that's exactly what they've been looking for for his, what's the 16, 17 months here? Yeah, I mean, made the catch in the flat on a ball that was accurately thrown in the flat by Danny Etling. Um, we'll, we'll get into Danny Etling a little bit later because I know one of the questions is who looked better, Etling or Love? I think I have a, an answer to that. But uh, not only did Amari Rodgers make the catch, he made two guys miss on the play and then reach for the end zone. Like, we've never seen that from him. He had one play against the Bears in week six last season where he got around the edge on like a swing pass from Aaron Rodgers, I believe. But, you know, he made two guys miss his first ever touchdown in any game. Um, Look, I don't know how many snaps are going to be there for him in the regular season because Lazard, Dobbs, probably Watson when he gets healthy, maybe Cobb if he stays healthy, are are, going to play ahead of him and that's four guys right there, maybe five if Sammy Watkins turns into something. But if Amari Rodgers can hold on to that returner role and kind of stave off Dobbs there, then he'll have a nice role on this team. And, and I know I wrote last week about all the work he did in the offseason, shedding 16 pounds, training with a former Olympic champion. None of that means anything if, if you can't deliver on game day. And Today he did, so you got to give him credit where credit is due. Let's see if he can string string together a couple more of these going into uh, September. Yeah, Cobb's going to make the roster, I get it, but kind of like what I was talking about with Dobbs a minute ago, where's your upside? Eight or 18? Eight. Eight. They got to get him on the field. Again, I, you know, and the one thing that we don't know is all, is he always doing the right thing? Like, you know, what Kuhn was saying, he should have been in front of the, the DB there. I have no idea. Obviously, John would know more than I do, but there, there's your upside. He is, he's faster than Cobb. He's bigger than Cobb, stronger than Cobb. That's your, that's your upside for a guy to take a pass about zero yards downfield and turn it a lot more. By the way, Matt, the Packers have not had a 50-yard kickoff return since 2015. Jeff Janis went 70 yards. Well, does, is that counting preseason? No, just regular season. Okay. So it's been a long time. They had a couple of years, but they didn't even have a 40-yarder. So this has been a bad kickoff return for a long time. Well, yeah. And it's funny because the very first special teams play of the season, there was oh, a holding penalty on the backers. Uh, hey, how, could not, they, how could you not laugh, right? At least they put 11 guys on the field for the first field goal by the 49ers this time. And listen, I, I want to quickly touch on this since we're on special teams. Mason Crosby's right knee needs to heal as fast as possible. Mason Crosby's beaten out three guys without swinging his leg. Dom- I mean, Dominic Eberle and JJ uh, Molson and, and Perkins. They're gonna they're gonna get beat up by Crosby with Crosby just sitting back, kicking a soccer ball. Yeah, unbelievable. With all due respect, that listen, Gabe Burkich is a better kicker than I will ever be. He was a Lou Groza Award finalist, one of the three best kickers in college football. But, Bill, we just got to call it how it is. That might be the worst field goal attempt we will ever see. It was 32 yards. It missed so far left that you had to think there was like a a 
hurricane-like gust of wind, <laughs> or it was tipped. They, the, the broadcast, Kevin Harlan and John Kuhn were like, was that tipped? And then they showed the replay, and it wasn't. It was just so far. And then he hits a 33-yard extra point right down the middle. So, listen, Gabe's hit some long kicks in practice, but he's been so wildly inconsistent, and his misses are not even close. Um, so I would not be surprised if they have another kicker for, I don't know, the next two preseason games until Crosby's healthy. Mason has said that his goal is to be ready for week one. It shouldn't be a, a lingering issue. But tonight was the first game, preseason, regular season, postseason, that Mason Crosby has ever missed. So it's something. It's an injury. And they have less than a month until they play the Vikings in week one. And if they don't go into that game with Mason Crosby as their kicker, then they're in some trouble. <laughs> Golly. He, it was a 32-yarder. He missed by 42 yards. For the record, they, they, they did have in two kickers for workouts last week, including Eldrick Rosas, who's – I think he's kicked a fair bit. So, Yeah, he was the Giants kicker for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if he's any good, but yeah. Get, um, to, get to Vecchio back here. There you go, Sergio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike McCarthy. All right. I get it. I get it. Uh, well, just in, Let's, case, just in case the listeners didn't, didn't get it. So. Right. A couple quick hitters, uh, guys that stood out for good or bad, will alternate. I'll, I'll go a pair with my first. Uh, Rico Gafford and Dallin Levitt. Yikes. Both got absolutely burned on the 49ers' first two touchdowns. 76-yard passing touchdown to Danny Gray. 39 yards to Ray Ray McLeod. Uh Gray beat Levitt on essentially the same route that Dobbs beat Tarverius Moore on, where you just run right at the guy, then little curl up the sideline, and you're gone. And uh, then McLeod broke Rico Gafford's ankles. Like, there's no other way to put it. It, We put him in the spin cycle. And I understand he's switching back to corner after a while at wide receiver, but, man, these guys that Rich Bisaccia brought over – don't say that officially, like I know he didn't really bring them over, but the guys that Basaccia knows from his time with the Raiders, not good defensive de- debuts. You know, John Kuhn was complimentary of Keyshawn Nixon tonight. He's the third one. He didn't make any glaring mistakes, which is better than uh, Levitt and, and Gafford, but I think it just underlines the bigger problem that the Packers don't have a very deep secondary. They have a really good starting secondary, not a very deep one. Yeah, that was... Uh... I don't. I can't remember the last time I seen a cornerback just tumble to the turf. That was amazing. And you know, if it was a real game, are you going to have Levitt go up against a guy with four three four speed in the forty? Maybe not. But hey, that's that's the breaks. A um, couple of guys that stood out to me. That D line is loaded, Matt. So you don't have so Clark, Lowry, Reed, and Wyatt didn't play tonight. And here's Jack Heflin and Slayton. Both Slaytons in the backfield the entire game. And it, Slayton might not make the team. Is it Chris Slayton? I'm totally drawing a blank. It's one, one Bill, show some respect for Syracuse great Chris Slayton. I who got I it covered, right Damn it. Good for who, me. Who, who, who I covered really good when tonight. I covered the Sy- Yeah, I covered him when I covered Syracuse football for the student paper. He was really good. Yeah. And he's not going to make the team because they're lord of the D-line. I mean, I guess it just shows... What a great D-line that these guys have put together that some guys who's really dominated the game are really fighting uphill battle to make it. They, I thought they were terrific. 
Yeah, looking at the box score now, Chris Slayton tackle for loss. Jack Heflin tackle for loss. Kingsley and Agberry sack two QB hits tackle for loss. Tipa Naliai tackle for loss. That that Those guys, uh, I'm, I'm grouping the outside linebackers in with them too. Those guys fighting for those those depth spots. And like you said, Chris Slayton's probably fighting for a practice squad spot. Uh, good showing tonight, I would say. Um, who else? Isaiah McDuffie had a tackle for loss. Really nice play early in the game for a loss of two yards. He's Kobe been Jones. really good all summer, Matt, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Kobe Jones with a sack. With a sack. Um, listen, uh, on McDuffie, he's been good. He's ran with the ones a little bit, I think, when Devondre Campbell was just getting a break. But uh, he's on the, the primary special teams units. Ty Summers is in there in garbage time tonight. McDuffie has sur- probably surpassed Chris Barnes and Ty Summers to be that number three linebacker. Um, and And... Listen, all you need to do in a preseason game to catch someone's eye is make one good play, and he did that tonight. Um, so some good showings from the backup uh, front, not front, well, I guess front seven since Isaiah McDuffie's front seven. Um, who else? Danny Davis, I thought. Yeah. You know, got to make the most of your opportunities. Two targets, two catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, first play, he was kind of wide open. Second one, made a nice curl after a, a go on our old friend Kadar Holman and just like Amari Rogers made something happen in the open field um Danny Davis isn't going to make the team but these guys are still fighting for jobs they're fighting for practice squad spots and and listen if a guy like Danny Davis or Chris Slayton another team wants to sign them to their practice squad the Packers can be like no, we want you here. We'll give you more money. We'll give you a little bit more money because of what you did in these preseason games. So everything counts here, even if you're not making the 53. Davis is a good player. I don't know that he's ever got enough to like really make it. He's not tall and he's not fast. I mean, there's some limitations there, which is, of course, why he didn't get drafted. But And they're not a passing team at Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's it's a dime a dozen position, right? I mean, you if you know, you got your Devontae Adams and those guys as well, but there's just so many... There's just so many receivers who are pretty good, but are just never, you know, the Jake Coomer was in the world. I mean, we all loved him, but he wasn't good enough. So I'm not sure if Danny Davis is ever going to be like a a real player, but there's some talent there. That guy catches everything yeah. thrown his way too. You know who led the 49ers in tackles tonight? Not Oren Burks. Oren Burks. And who was second? Kadar Holman. Well, that's bad on Holman because they kept throwing at him. Well, both both guys had penalties tonight. You know, they were just thanking the Packers for drafting them. All right, let's get to some questions. Good idea. We got a good amount of questions tonight. I got 24 replies to my tweet. There's a lot of at right Spencer, guard, right tackle stuff, Matt. Yeah, at, at Spencer SZY. I don't think this is a question knocking Zach Tom's play. But the question is, are we going to be stuck watching that hideous number 50 on the right side of the offensive line for the foreseeable future? I think that just means 50 is not naturally an offensive line number rather than he played badly because I I didn't notice that he did. I'm going to have to watch that back to judge the offensive line for my story on Monday. Um, Probably. I mean, I I don't think Royce Newman's very good. Um, You can't have him out at right tackle, I wouldn't think. He started there tonight. 
And I wonder if you just start with the most veteran guys week one, if Bakhtiari and Jenkins aren't ready. But man, if Tom doesn't start the season and, and Bakhtiari is still out and Yash stays at left tackle, I would think it won't be long until he's, he's playing in some capacity. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Are you better off with the veteran guy at right tackle? Not that Royce Newman's so much of a veteran, but he's at least played. Are you yeah. better off at least having that spot solidified rather than having a new right guard and a new right tackle? I don't know. They're in a, they're in a tough spot. I will say, though, Matt, I was watching Elton Jenkins doing his rehab stuff the other day. He looks pretty close. A, he looks pretty close. And B, when he was taking his pass blocking sets, there were right tackle sets. Well, yeah, we've thought all along he'll play right tackle. But if Bakhtiari's not ready, right? Would you well, play? yeah. Well, if Bakhtiari's not ready, then he has to play left tackle. But, you know, maybe they're, I was thinking maybe they're thinking that he's going to be the right tackle sooner than later. Maybe week five in London, Bakhtiari's left tackle, Elton Jenkins maybe. is right tackle. But, yeah, I would say, yeah. yeah, he looks like he's really advanced. I mean, he's, I have no idea what he's doing, but he's got this humongous long, Bungee cord? I have no idea, no the, idea what it is. The resistance, resistance, the resistance yeah. bungee cord. But I don't see Bakhtiari doing that. Now, we don't know what's going on in the Hudson Center, so maybe that's all done behind closed doors. But um, it seems like Elton, Elton's pretty close. Yeah, it seems like it. Granted, it seemed like Bakhtiari was, was doing well that, yeah. last season. So we never really know, but we'll see. It looks good. Um, from at Nick. At Nicholas, K-N-I-C-K-E-L-O-U-S. At the end of the preseason, will Etling's performance matter at all, or will the Packers roll with 12 and 10? They'll roll with 12 and 10, no matter how poorly Jordan Love plays. Um, listen, if if NFL rosters were constructed based on talent alone, Amari Rogers might not have a job. Sammy Watkins might not have a job. Jay Sternberger would have been cut after his first season. But... You got to give guys chances. Listen, Devontae Adams wouldn't have had a job after his first or second season. But you got to give guys chances, especially high draft picks, so you saw something in for a reason. Um, and that's what they're going to do with Jordan Love. You can't cut him. You're not going to. I don't know if they plan on him being the next quarterback, but if anything else, optics-wise, you can't cut him. I thought Danny Etling looked comparable to Jordan Love tonight. And for a guy that... Uh, you've obviously written about is should be nowhere near the level of quarterback that Jordan Love is. He was tonight. Uh, had a couple nice runs. Had a really nice touch pass to B.J. Baylor up the right sideline for a 66-yard gain. It's not going to matter. He's playing for a practice squad spot. And that's important because the Packers can just cut and sign any other third guy because guess what they're probably not going to need him at all this season just like they didn't need Kurt Benkert last season even when Aaron Rodgers was out but Danny Etling put forward a nice first step into securing himself that practice squad spot for this year yep or at least at the start of this year yeah and you know what practice squad means you, you know if say Rodgers retires after the season you're now the new number two obviously they could go draft somebody but um you, you put yourself in a pretty good spot. Atling's such an interesting story. He was went to LSU, 
Uh, went undrafted, went, joined the Patriots, had like an 80-yard touchdown run with the Patriots in his rookie preseason. He shows up for training camp the next year. Belichick says, hey, you're, you're, you're going to receiver. Mm-hmm. I didn't train for receiver. You got moved to receiver the day before training camp. But there's some talent there for sure. Guy throws a pretty good ball. Obviously, runs runs it pretty well. Um, smart. It's all you need for your number three quarterback. Yeah. All right. What question we got next? I'm just posting my tweeting my story out right now. So you take one now. All right. Um, well, we see Sammy Watkins. I'm out in any preseason games. I'm just gonna leave it to Watkins or any of those guys, Matt. Are they gonna sit out sit out all those games? You know, something tells me they'll they'll play them two or three series against the Chiefs just because of what happened in last year's season opener and because Rodgers and LaFleur have kind of left open that possibility. So I think the starters get two series against the Chiefs or three. I agree with that, Matt. I thought it was interesting when Rodgers is talking about not wanting to go out and play a preseason game just to take three or four plays. But he just didn't dismiss it out of hand. I thought that right. was interesting that if you're going to play, go play. So, yes, I agree that I would think they're going to play their number ones, two, three series, you know, a dozen plays against the Chiefs, whatever that ends up being. So, yeah, I agree with that. And they need to. You know what? I understand not getting guys hurt. I understand all those things. But this is a whole new offense. And I mean that because 80% of the passing game went through Devontae Adams. So this is like a whole new offense. They got to go get some. I realize the Saints stuff is going to help them out. But to go on the road against, you know, I'm sure the Chiefs fans will be rather loudish. I think it'd be a big deal for them. Yeah. Matt Schultz, Matt, wants to know, is Amari Rodgers the player of the game? Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Well, for the Packers, for the Packers, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, him him or Danny Davis, I would say. Speaking of receivers, this is from Robin Adams. Will the Packers take six or seven into the season? I think six. Yeah, isn't the Watson thing a wild card here, though? Yeah, if he ends up on Pup, then then you get Winfrey in there. Listen, well, Winfrey had another nice catch tonight, the, the bobbled one. Do you take that seven? Hell, that was a hell of a play. Because I don't think you're going to be able to sneak Winfrey onto the practice squad. I really don't. Yeah, like we've said, because because of Denver, and they lost uh, Tim Patrick, and that staff obviously knows Winfrey. I don't think you're going to be able to sneak him onto the practice squad. So maybe they keep him and, and take seven. Yeah, it's an interesting thing where, where if you look at next year, you're going to have Lazard's a free agent, Cobb's a free agent, Watkins is a free agent. You can't let the cover get too bare. And if you kind of like how Torrey's developing. God, maybe you do have to keep seven. Maybe. You kind, of, you kind of got into this before, Matt, but this is from Nick. Should we be worried about the secondary depth? Yeah, absolutely. Safety, I mean, not, Ma- safety not so much, though, right? Don't you feel safety better about that, especially after Wednesday's practice? Yeah, I would say Vernon Scott and Sean Davis are serviceable as three and four right now. Certainly not Dallin Levitt. Who's hurt. Um, God only knows what happened to him, by the way. Right, yeah, it, it looked after that hit. Well, he forced a fumble. His left arm just went limp. Yeah. And it was a shoulder shoulder injury. Um, listen, I, I still think 
right now, Dallin Levitt is your fifth safety. And him not looking up to snuff still signals that you're not too deep at, at safety. Four guys is nice, but they're probably going to keep five. Um, but at corner, oof, beyond the three, you know, Keyshawn Nixon, Shamar Jean Charles, Ento, Gafford, maybe Gafford and, and Levitt struggling don't signify too much of the issue of, of secondary death, but it's it's still there. Like, they still need to be deeper. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, God, you know, Levitt is Levitt wasn't signed here to go play safety. Right? I mean, he was here to play special teams. Right. I mean, he was he was their Raiders team leader in that category last year. So, um, last one here, Matt from Matt Pickett. Which part of the team did we learn the most about tonight? Offense, defense, or special teams? Um. That's a good question. I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to go special teams because they look good. Um, and while some of those guys aren't probably aren't your core guys, I think it shows that the Passaccia's coaching is really sinking in. I like that. I'll go offense. Um, specifically, the offensive line. Matt Lafleur was very complimentary of them. Listen, I know they're not going against Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, but that was it. That's been a big question mark for the Packers. And like I said, I know it's not against the stars of the 49ers front seven, and Fred Warner wasn't out there either. But um, to see them hold their own and give Jordan Love some time in the pocket, he wasn't running for his life. That's a that's a first step to get a good game like that under their belt, especially after the camp they've had is, if anything else, a confidence booster. I know it's cliche, but they need one of those after the camp they've had. So I'll go good signs for the offensive line, and they're going to need to to keep it up against the Saints, specifically in joint practices. Anything else? That'll do it, Matt. That'll do it? All right. 1.16 a.m. That we got plenty of time left, but our Zoom call does not. There's about a minute 50 seconds left that we're about to get kicked off. So we will see you guys later. We'll do another episode after they play the Saints next week. Uh, Joint practices, preseason game, busy week. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.